number one for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hour number two live from the chicken coop. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here for the next hour, and well, I'll be here a little bit longer. Ken will get his wings and hit the road as he's finishing up his lunchtime sandwich. 11 o'clock every single day, Ken Miller is a creature of habit. Peanut butter sandwich time. Peanut butter and sandwich. Got to get that protein. Got to get a little carbs in you, and you're raring to go for the final hour of the program as you chew it down. <laughs> and a great time, of course, on a Wednesday as we welcome in David Kaplan. Cappy, Cappy each and every week here on a Wednesday, presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Capper, my partner, finished his lunch. He's ready to go. How are you doing today? I'm um, doing all right. We, you know, really rough stuff at our radio station, losing yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeff Dickerson yesterday. So I'm actually going to do a tribute show today with my partner, Jonathan Hood. We're the whole entire day till wow. eight o'clock tonight is all about JD's life. So uh, to pass away from cancer at 44 is horrific enough to know that his wife died two years ago of cancer and they leave an 11 year old boy behind with no parents is as cruel as it gets. Now, no doubt, Cap. And, you know, here's here's my takeaway. I've only read Jeff Dickerson over the years. I uh, had no interaction with him, never had him on any shows. Cap, I've been struck by how many people, and I don't follow these people on Twitter, that have showed up in my timeline uh, with the tribute, one tribute after another, what this guy meant uh, to their respective careers, he gave me a shot, or he helped me, or I've never met anybody uh, like this uh, in what can be a really cutthroat business. Let's be honest, but this wasn't that. That wasn't his mo. Uh, a very uh, a, a, a guy that uh, touched a lot of people. Cap. He did. He was an amazing, amazing dude, and I was proud to call him a very, very good friend. I was at the hospice center last week. Um, I called him on, not this past Sunday, two Sundays ago. And my wife works, as you know, for Lou Malnati's, and they're doing all their shipping around the United States uh, for people that order from Case of Chicago. And he, he and his son loved the, everything that my wife's company ships, Portillo's hot dogs and beef, Malnati's pizzas, all this stuff. And so I just woke up that day thinking of him. And so I called. I said, hey, man, my wife's going to be in the warehouse all day. Do you and Parker want some food? Oh, we'll take anything we can get. And so I, that night after the Bears, in fact, the Bears were the next day. The Bears were on Monday night against the Vikings. So that Sunday night when she got home, I delivered this big box of goodies over to his house. And I didn't ring the doorbell. I thought he might be sleeping. And then he calls. and says, Dude, where are you? I'm like, the food's out on your porch. Oh, I would love to say hi. And then a few days later, I get a call. He's going into hospice. So at that point, he obviously was exceptionally sick when I had stopped by, but that was J.D., that J.D. was the most positive guy in the world. And then I went to see him last Thursday morning, about 8.50. I walked in that door, and first thing, you know, he's 
sitting up. He's as yellow as you can be because his liver was shutting down. And can I have a hug, please? He said, yeah, of course. I just didn't, I, I didn't know if he had a port, whatever. He's like, dude, don't worry about whatever I got. I want a hug. And then we talked football and he laughed about how bad the bears are. And I got to stay alive to cover another coaching search, the whole thing. <laughs> and it was just, that was him. He wanted to keep talking football right to the very end and about his son. And it's just horrific, but you're right. The outpouring has been insane. Last night I'm in bed falling asleep and my phone rings and I won't give the name of the celebrity, but it was a big name in Chicago sports. I mean, big. And he said, did I wake you? No. Well, I got your number and I knew you knew him. I don't want to go through the GoFundMe. I want to make a really big donation, and I'd, I'd rather just hand it to his parents. And so I'm going to facilitate that in the next couple of weeks. I said, how would you know him? He said, I've never met the guy in my life. Mm-hmm. But he said, I have four sons. To leave behind an 11-year-old little boy with no parents, right. and he basically has not known an, a year of his life that one of his parents wasn't sick. That just broke his heart. He said, I've been sitting here crying. And I said to my wife, we have the money. We're giving it to him. And it, wow. that got me, got me again. It's getting you right now. You're, you're very emotional. Cap, you're, you're 100% right about uh, Parker and, and not knowing, you know, uh, hardly any time in his life where his parents uh, weren't going through one of these battles. And you mentioned at the top, his mom passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, from cancer, so he had to get through that, and then has to go through dad. What's what's it going to be like? I know there was a GoFundMe with a goal of raising a hundred thousand dollars. Last time I checked, cap for Parker going forward, it was well over two hundred thousand dollars. So the community is reaching out. Uh, what what's what is um, going forward? Are his grandparents in the area? Will he be able to stay there? Well, he's going to be living with his late wife's sister. So they live very close to where Jeff and his wife and Parker lived, very close, five minutes. And so he's going to go to the same schools. He's going to have the same friends. He's, you know, 11 years old. He's on every travel team. He's a really, really good athlete. And so Jeff wanted stability in his life. You know, Jeff was an only child. And so his parents have lost a daughter-in-law and a son in two years. And so I saw them at the hospice center and, you know, they're going to be active in Parker's life, but he's blessed to have his mom, late mom's sister, his aunt, uh, who's taking him and going to raise him. So, uh, he's very fortunate in that way, but what that little boy is going through, horrific. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Well, you can uh, find the link to Parker's GoFundMe, uh, the son of Jeff Dickinson, uh, at ESPN 1000. Also, I've just retweeted it from the Miller and Condon page. If uh, people have the means to certainly do that, I'll go there right now and and help out Parker and what's going to be certainly a difficult time. There's no way to transition off of that, Cappy, but we will try here. The Bears... Get it done in incredible fashion. The two-point conversion, one of the most amazing catches. How he got a foot down, or a knee down, I guess it was, in the back of the end zone, one-handing the play on the two-point conversion in a season that was, frankly, has been ugly all season long. It was a highlight, and for once, I actually jumped out of the chair and got excited. Hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, we were sitting there getting ready to do the post game, and I said to Olin, uh, Cruz, Alex Brown, Lance Briggs, do you guys think if, 
we score that they're going to go for two. And all three guys said, well, they should if they get it, but what makes you think we're going 80 yards in like two and a half minutes? We haven't done that all year. And boom, they go 80 yards and whatever it took. And, you know, the throw to Jimmy Graham and then the catch by Demir Bird and the find a way to get down inbounds was amazing. So, yeah, it was cool. Again, bad season. Change is coming. I don't know how massive a change. I still think it'll be bigger than people think. I don't think this is just we're firing the coach and that's it. But we'll see. We'll see where, you know, what George McCaskey ends up doing. Cap, I was uh, been anxious to talk to you. Uh, obviously, we didn't know the, the what we what was lies ahead. Uh, the news from yesterday, uh, but I wanted to talk to you about Nick Foles just for the simple reason. Did you know when you guys get back on the air Monday or Tuesday? Not sure when you guys went back to work. We did Tuesday, but I think you guys. I saw your Twitter that you were maybe back on Monday. But what was the reaction to of all people, Nick Foles leading the team down the field like that? I mean, this is a guy that hadn't played all year. Um, was there a, what are they doing? They should have been playing him all year. Did you get many of that uh, on Monday? Yeah, we got some of that idiocy. Yes, we did. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's funny. He, people, when they traded for Nick Foles, he's the guy and Mitch Trubisky stinks. And then Trubisky wins the job, starts 2-0. and They're losing to Atlanta, and Matt Nagy does what he wants to do, and that is play Nick Foles until he gets hurt. And then Mitch saves their season for him, plays really well down the stretch, and they go to the playoffs. And then Mitch is out, and they go get Andy Dalton. And now Nick Foles does not take one snap the entire year with the first string until last week. Justin Fields has an ankle and a hand. Andy Dalton has a groin injury and, and a hand as well. And boom, Nick Foles gives him a victory over a really lousy terrible Seattle team. I don't know what happened to that club. But Nick Foles is who Nick Foles is. Nick Foles is a backup journeyman quarterback. He'll never be anything more than that. He got on the ultimate heater like you do at the crap table in Vegas, and he won the Super Bowl (laughs) with a really good Philadelphia team. So the people that are calling, why did we sign Andy Dalton? Because we didn't have Justin Fields at that point. That was a month and a half before the draft. We didn't know he was going to be available. And on top of it, Andy Dalton's better than Nick Foles. So the people that say that, they're just either ill-informed or they have short memory. Cappy, with that, Justin Fields. Uncertain right now of his status for Sunday's game against the Giants. Are you a proponent? Let him go out there if he is healthy for the final two games and just get more for him, certainly get more confidence for him going into next season. Or with everything, how banged up he has been, can you understand the people that say, shut it down, shut it down for these final two weeks, don't risk him getting a serious injury and maybe impacting 2022? Yes, I'm one of them. I would not play that kid another snap because when you go into the courting season of trying to get a head coach, I would assume whoever you're trying to get is someone that other teams would like to get as well. And so if you go into those meetings, Whoever is running the meetings, whether it's George and Ted, whether Ryan Pace stays, whether there's a new GM, a new team president of football, whatever it is, one of the selling points is, hey, we've got a really good young quarterback. He was being misused. We didn't give him enough help on the O-line or in the weapons on the offensive side of the ball. 
but this kid can play. And people will be, yeah, I'll take that job because I want to coach that kid. If he gets hurt, and I'm talking about I know football players play and I'm a big proponent of that, but risk versus reward. What is the reward that you beat a lousy Giants team, that you beat a lousy Minnesota Vikings team, and what's the risk? The risk is with a bad offensive line, a lack of playmakers, he gets hit and tears a knee, hurts an elbow, a shoulder, whatever it is. I want the offseason spent learning the new system and learning what it is I have to do to be better, not spending my next four months rehabbing. For me, Mm. there is no chance that I would let that kid play another down this year. Mm. Guys, just saw a tweet from Adam Schefter, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jeff Lurie, just wrote a $10,000 check uh, to the uh, Parker Dickinson Fund. Unbelievable. Um, Cap, uh, in your years of radio, TV, etc., did you have an opportunity to cross paths at all with John Madden? If so, do you have any John Madden stories from uh, that uh, you may have had him on the radio or something? Yeah, I had him on a bunch of times. My wife actually, in marketing, went to a conference and came home one day and said, hey, guess where? who was the speaker today at our conference? And I got my picture with him, the whole deal. John Madden. I said, oh, what was he like? Nicest guy in the world. He's awesome. And we got him on. We called him once. You know, when he answers the phone, like my friend Dick Vitale, who, by the way, say a prayer for him. He's battling cancer right now. Um, they're not, uh, hey, baby, what's going on? Or boom. That's not who they are when they answer the phone. I think most people think that's just them being them. They're not fake. They're not acting that way, but they don't walk around, you know, saying all those lines just in their day-to-day life. And so we called him. He's in the hotel. Hello. Yeah, uh, John, my name's David Kaplan. I work with a guy named Tom Waddle. Tommy Waddle! And boom, on went the person. What time you want nice. me? I'm on. And he came on because he had put Waddle on the all-Madden team. And he was huh. a sensational interview. But... Very reserved in his private life. Very quiet. Yeah, different kind of than the persona that you're used to, no doubt about it. Cap, I want to get another Bulls question in here this week. I've been intrigued by this team. They've been very, very fun to watch, and the win streaks up to four. They finish off the home-and-home with Atlanta here this evening. This Bulls team, you see the Nets at the top spot, but, boy, to become a contender, to go from a nice team, a playoff team, and getting to that upper echelon, What's remaining as we look to the trade deadline here, what, less than two months away now? What still is at the top of your wish list for the Bulls? Uh, they got to get a big man. I want to go trade Kobe White or somebody like that and see if I can get a big man that can absolutely impact things around the rim. I'm not asking for, you know, Akeem Olajuwon in his prime. I'm not. I'm not looking for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm looking for... Somebody that can give me quality minutes, that can rebound, can defend, make a couple shots, but gives me a rotation guy that's 6'9 or bigger, athletic, can defend inside. Because I think with COVID, with the way things are set up in the East, if they stay healthy, I'm telling you the Chicago Bulls can win the NBA title this year. I'm not telling you they will, I'm telling you that they can. They certainly can win the East. So I would make a move, a trade, Kobe White, and a draft pick. Yeah, all in. Let's go. What's points bet have that at, Cap? Do you have any idea? <laughs> Say that again? 
What what's points bet number on uh, winning the East or winning the title? Do you have that at the tip of your fingers? So I well I I do from a few weeks ago. I think it's yeah. basically the same. I think they're thirty or thirty five to one. Yeah, and I'm telling you they can win it. I'm not telling you they will. I'm telling you they can if they stay healthy. Because I think people are like, whoa, DeMar DeRozan's way better than we gave him credit for. And the people, like, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, the national writer who said, Chris Broussard's the, I think it was Chris Broussard said, DeMar DeRozan is the worst signing of the offseason. He's going to be just a bust in Chicago. Well, he's probably first team all pro right now. All NBA. That's so good. This guy is playing. So we'll see. Hopefully it works. Cap, good spot with us here today. We're thinking about you and all your colleagues out there. We know what Jeff Dickerson meant to you just by, again, from reading it on Twitter and reading about the man's life, knew about him uh, in his profession, but didn't know anything about him personally. Uh, One, two punch that his son took. And again, we've got the, we've uh, retweeted it from our show account. Cap, thinking about you. Happy New Year to to you, uh, my friend. We will talk to you in 2022. Thank you, Capper. I look forward to it. I always tell you guys. Guys, happy healthy to all of you, but I always love being out with you guys. We're grateful for it. Thanks, Cap. You have a good day. Take care. David Kaplan. Yep, see ya. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. CenturionStoneofIowa.com. Check out the showroom. uh, Or if if you have a need for an interior project, exterior stone, veneer, etc. Over 200 color and pattern combinations. You'll find what you want. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Dot com. Good stuff out of Cappy. Yeah, 25 to 1 is the number Are they? right now for the Bulls to win it all. You're betting favorite at the top? In the uh, To win it all? To win it all. Uh, I don't know. It's the Nets. Still the Nets, right? Weren't they, weren't they the choice last year? They were, and they were killing and everybody well, until... three inches until, yeah. uh, until Durant's... The foot. If you would have worn a size 11 instead of 12 or whatever it is... <laughs> well, it was probably more like 16 they, to 17. They, right. Uh, they, they would have advanced. Crazy, crazy story. The we would have known the Giannis right. title story. Warriors, the uh, second choice, 5-1. to one. Bucks and Suns, both 7-1. to one. Jazz, 10-1. to one. Lakers, 11-1. to one. Heat and... Get past them. The Clippers, there's the Bulls at 25 to 1. No, it's crazy. We talked about it when we came back yesterday. Uh, the, the NBA, they own Christmas Day. Yeah. Well, they didn't this year. No, no. The, I mean, the NFL had two games, and I know that there's a lot of people like me that watch the Madden Doc live. I didn't watch a second of NBA. I didn't see and, a shot. Not one second. I'm with you. I don't remember the last time that happened. I mean, it's, it's a long right. time ago. Right. It's not that you went out of your way. Oh, Christmas Day, I can't wait. Right. But it's all there was for a lot of time. Yeah. The way the calendar broke, two games, two NFL games, and the Madden Dock was unbelievable. Uh, Mitch Holtus is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He joins us in his regular spot next as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, our final guest of the morning, before we get back and give you our opinion one final time on uh, the Cheez-It Bowl 445, 
Uh, Clemson and Iowa State. Let's get through the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, the one seed in the AFC. And Trent, we mentioned it yesterday. Nobody saw Cincinnati hosting Kansas City <laughs> in Week 17 as a appointment television destination, but it is. Mitch Holtis joins us. Mitch, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Mitch Holtis, how are you? Papa John's makes this possible. How are you? Doing well. Happy New Year to you guys. Trent, you know, you're with a Canadian at a bar at 1130 in the morning. Uh-huh. You know that, right? You know how. <laughs> I, I, I do. Know. They don't have any Molson on tap, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, th- those Canadians, you'll you'll be going, I think I'm a little vague here. They'll be going strong. Uh, this is just, this is when they get rolling, baby. So, yeah, yeah we'll, just we'll beware. Do, no doubt about it. <laughs> hey, uh, Mitch, yeah. what I want to start with you is uh, I want to take us behind the scenes a little bit here in your career, your, your radio, your, your Chiefs career. Do radio and television broadcasters, where I'm going, obviously, is John Madden. Uh, you guys are in the same press box. Or the Chiefs have a big game, and yeah. Madden would show up for it. Do you guys interact? I know that they've got the plush assignment. I'm guessing they're right at midfield. It's seemingly the place in most press boxes. But um, do you get a chance to, to, to uh, you know, sit down, interact, have a cup of coffee or anything like that uh, prior to a broadcast? Yeah, and I'm tell you when, when it happens, because I work for the team many times, uh, I'll be there on a Saturday when they're having their production meeting. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to, oh. but I'll just happen to be, be in the same area. And that's where you can have the casual set down, you know, have a coffee or a cup of tea kind of meeting with them. You know, game day gets a little tense for everybody. But I've had some great conversations, and he was awesome. He reminds me a lot. He reminded me a lot of Andy Reid in the fact that he just respected everybody. I don't ever remember even seeing him blow anybody off, Uh, you know, because I can give you all – we can fill the rest of the show with a list of those people. But – John just uh, John got it, man. He got it. He got the human spirit, and that's why he was so successful. He was great, no doubt, and certainly some great games in the past. Mitch, uh, take us back with with those Madden when he's in the building, and I mentioned you know importance. I understand he was more of an NFC guy, but when he had those opportunities, when Madden was going to be calling one of your games, you just knew it felt for the fan perspective just so big. What it was like for you as a broadcaster, knowing that you're going to be calling a game, though different circumstances, and Madden was going to be there for it. Trent, his brilliance transcended over a lot of areas because when he would come here, it was really the Raiders Chiefs stuff. You know, you didn't see him as, oh, it's the Fox crew and it's Summerall, and gosh, we have a big game today or tomorrow, as it were, if I saw him the day before the game. It was almost like, no, he's the, he's the Raiders coach that kind of changed the Chiefs' fortunes because the Chiefs were running the division with Stram, and once he took over the Raiders, for the most part, they changed. And they became the team of the 70s. Uh, when the Chiefs on Sunday won six straight AFC West titles, uh, they broke the record of the Broncos of Peyton Manning in one year of Tim Tebow in 11. But prior to that, it was five years of the Raiders, and that was it was John Madden. So when he came here, it was a little bit different. It was more the John Madden, the coach, than John Madden, the broadcaster. But his brilliance, in because now of the, of the video game, he now transcends three or – I mean, he goes from the baby boomers all the way to the millennials and Gen Zs because they play Madden. So that's where uh, his realm is huge. Yeah. 
No, no doubt about it. Well, Mitch, let's get to uh, to what lies ahead. And before we do, the Cincinnati game coming up this weekend, of two first uh, two teams that lead their respective divisions. Back to the uh, game this weekend, this past weekend against the Steelers. No Travis Kelty, Nick Bolton, uh, a bunch of guys couldn't answer the bell. Tyreek Hill uh, statistically had one of his uh, didn't have one of his best games. But you know what it showed, and I think it showed depth, Chiefs fans the depth that this team has built that they could go out there and beat a, a Pittsburgh team in the fashion that they did, a Steelers team who had to win that football game, and it wasn't even close, Mitch. There's some depth there that maybe folks don't realize. And if you go even, and it's an excellent point that you bring up, but if you even go, uh, I want to say deeper into the depth, that doesn't make any sense, or maybe it is a pun, but there are 13 undrafted guys on this Chiefs team right now. And it was many of those guys who stepped up into prominence. Derek Gore at running back, undrafted out of Louisiana, uh, Monroe. Uh, you look at Byron Pringle, undrafted out of K-State, had a brilliant game. Uh, the DiCaprio Boodle, undrafted out of Nebraska, stepped up and played in the dime packages and nickel packages later in the game. There was and Andrew Wiley playing right tackle, blocking T.J. Watt, although Watt was injured a good portion of the game. Wiley's filled in nicely. And he's an undrafted player out of Eastern Michigan. They're just all over the place. So it's not only the depth of, of, yes, but it's how they got that depth and how they developed them. And the other thing is the brilliance of Andy Reid. He treats, and I told you this before, and when we do training camp reports, every day is so valuable to him. He prepared for this day, Ken. He prepared for December the 26th, not having Travis Kelsey and some main guys on the COVID list because of the way he approaches May june and training camp in august it's just the way he works and that's he develops his depth all throughout the year clyde edwards hilaire it is not a season ender that collarbone injury still an opportunity for him to go get kelsey coming back off the covid list he looks to be ready to go for the game against cincinnati it's a huge spot no doubt and a team getting healthy at this point yet with everything going on COVID-wise, how difficult is it maintaining everything inside that building and, and trying to keep everybody as safe and healthy as possible? Well, let's go back to a week ago when we had this discussion. It was tense. And I told you guys then, it wasn't day-to-day. It was literally hour-to-hour and sometimes minute-to-minute. Like, who, who's on, who's off, and who's going to be in for who's off, and how do you practice? I mean, when I was just talking with Coach Reed later in the week, and you're kind of going, hey, you got some hint. I mean, I, I tried to do it in a nice way. I know how to ask it now after being around him nine years. But is you know, like, is Ken Miller and Trent are they going to be ready to go? And he goes, let me just tell you something. He, I could, I could see he was being honest with me. He wasn't playing me. He goes, I have no earthly idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea until the morning who I've got, and then they have to practice accordingly. But it goes back to Ken's astute point about the depth. He did not blink at all. We'll plug Pringle in here. We'll plug Gore in here. Wiley plugs in here. Boodle plugs in here. And we'll be ready to go because I know they're ready. There's trust here because how they've handled it all since they've been with this team. So uh, it was it was crazy, guys, crazy. Still kind of is. But he did not know who he was going to have even as late as the morning of the game. Uh, Cincinnati minute, one more. I'm living in the past. Uh, you've called a lot of Pittsburgh Steeler, Kansas City Chiefs games, and a lot of those games, Ben Roethlisberger was under center, or in his case, most of the time in the shotgun. 
Uh, obviously, he's at the end of his career, a Hall of Fame career. Uh, if this is it for Ben Roethlisberger, and it certainly looks like it is, uh, how will you remember uh, the Steelers quarterback? A guy that flashed on the scene and was, was ready from the get-go, uh, much like Mahomes. He was instant oatmeal. And there was he came out of Miami, Ohio. He didn't come out of Ohio State. He didn't play at Alabama. He wasn't at a Power 5. And... Keep in mind, he had the Steelers raring to go in 2004, wins it all in 05, wins it again in 08, and kept the Steeler tradition going. Only three coaches in 53 years. Well, they've only had one starting quarterback essentially now for almost 20. It was a little bit sad in this game, Ken, though. But, you, know, you think of the picture uh, of White Tittle in the end zone at the end of his career at the New York Giants, and he's down on his knees, and he's got the bald head, he's bleeding from the head. That's a little bit what I saw in Big Ben. Like you're thinking maybe it should have been two years ago, but overall my feeling is admiration and astonishment uh, for a guy that came out of just this big dude from Miami of Ohio, and is he really that good? With that, we got a good one on Saturday, uh, Sunday, excuse me. Joe Burrow going up against Mahomes. Burrow, one of the best passing performances in a single game a week ago. Kansas City's defense is much improved, but, boy, Burrow is playing at an incredibly high level. Here's where they will test you. I heard Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football earlier this week say that they've got like a puncher. A boxer has a one punch. Uh, they can knock you out with one punch. They may lose the fight, but there's the one punch, the Buster Douglas punch that knocks, you know, takes Tyson down. Um, these guys, I think more than any team the Chiefs have played this year, and the Chiefs have played a very tough schedule that's been underlooked, I think, but they can attack vertically. From numbers to numbers, meaning number, hash, hash, number, just looking at the field, they can stretch you with two or three guys. For the Chiefs Kingdom, they love the guys they've got in Tyreek Hill and the speed, and they can stretch you vertically. Well, guess what? You're going to see it on the other side this week. because And Burrow's so accurate. His pro football focus numbers are some of the best I've ever seen, Trent, on his deep outside left throws and his deep middle throws. Usually those numbers tail off. His numbers go up. As you go from close to far, he's very impressive. This is an offense that uh, has a chance to be outstanding with Mixon, the runner. They just don't protect him very well. He'll hang on a little long uh, to the ball, trying to gun it down there, and he'll get sacked. Only two teams have more sacks than the, than the Bengals. But this is a dangerous team because this is like facing a home runner hitter that can hit your best pitch out of the park. Well, everybody's going to get uh, their. The Chiefs will get everybody's best shot. This will be this will be no uh, different this weekend. I love the fact, Mitch. You've got the leaders of the North. You've got the leaders of the West. We may see this game uh, in a, in the in the month of January one more time. Uh, but uh, boy, it looks as though Cincinnati. In your mind, have they taken control now? Of the AFC North with a young quarterback, with a young receiving core. I mean, Steelers, their arrow seems to be pointing down. I'm not sure about Cleveland. Baltimore's kind of spinning their wheels right now. Is Cincinnati taking the reins of the of the AFC North kind of like Kansas City did a handful of years ago? I truthfully think that this week goes a long way in answering that question. I can't say that yeah. affirmatively yet, yet, but if they win this weekend wrap up the division, and look impressive in doing so, then I would be leaning toward yes. Because this is a team that does remind me of the Chiefs in 2015. You see it coming. But you didn't see Mahomes coming. But once they had Mahomes, now you're going, all right, because Burroughs 
Burrow's the real smoke. Now, they've got to fill in some other pieces. Their offensive line is not real good. Uh, they got to keep mixing healthy, but these receivers are legit. And on the, the defensive side, they don't have a single defensive back that they have homegrown in their system. I'm sorry, they have one. They have one. But the rest of them are all free agents. They've all kind of just pieced it and muddled it together on defense. They've got to get better on that side and draft some dudes over there. But they've drafted well on offense. But then they get Trey Hendrickson, who's got 14 sacks. I mean, he's a beast that they got from the Saints in free agency. So, long answer, but they're right there. But if they win this weekend, that discussion of the question that you ask is going to get intensified at all points of the NFL world. Mitch, the uh, Cyclones Bowl game is at 4.45, right in the dinner hour, and all the slaughter Cyclone family is going to be wanting to spend any time in the kitchen. You know where I'm no, going. No, I think no, you can no, help no. a lot of folks out. Yeah, let me ask you this question quickly. I know we're running out of time. Skyline Chili from Cincinnati, yes or no? Oh, my. Well, on, <laughs> not by not as a standalone, um, but, you know. It's, Side dish? It's, you know what, I think it's overrated. Where are you? Way overrated. In fact, I'm going to give him a fat yep. no. Give me some good old <laughs> Papa John's pizza or some good Chiefs Kingdom chili. Then pull my finger at about, you said 445, about 830. Pull my yeah. finger, kids. All right. Uh, honestly, yeah, Papa John's, not only for the Cyclone Bowl game, but for the New Year's party, uh, New Year's New Year's uh, Day watching football. Uh, and uh, they're, they're awesome. Those are all big delivery days uh, for the Donaldsons and the Papa John's. So think ahead here. And go to PapaJohns.com, get your delivery, or go pick it up and enjoy the Cyclones winning their bowl game and get ready for the Chiefs and Bengals, which, again, here we go, guys, the next biggest NFL game of the week. Don't you think NBC missed this game? This feels like a Sunday night game that they missed on. This is a noon game that might be the best game in the whole NFL this weekend. No doubt about it. Mitch, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Thank you. Happy New Year to you and yours. We sure appreciate you doing this for us, Mitch. Thank you very much. You got a brother. Happy New Year to you and Trent. And Trent, be careful. You're with a Canadian at a bar in midday. <laughs> I yeah. see his eyes are already sneaking over there to the taps. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Look out. Enjoy Look Cincy. Out. Okay, good. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. Good to talk to you. Mitch Holt is voice of the Kansas City Chiefs Papa John's here in central Iowa. The Donaldson family making that possible, and we sure are uh, grateful for that. We'll take our time out, come back. Uh, circuit play of the day will. The Cheez-It Bowl be part of Trent's mm. Picks. We'll find out when we come back. We're live at the Chicken Coop here in West Des Moines, 60th and Ashworth. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, welcome back. Our final segment. We're live at the Chicken Coop, 60th and Ashworth. Uh, in West Des Moines. Let's get Dave in here. He owns uh, the franchises, the uh, Urbandale location. Where did you say Meredith? That's Meredith, where we're going next, right? Yes, we'll be up there in January. I think the plan is Monday Night Football's playoff game coming out there, getting things started, and uh, could turn into a long, long day. People want to hang out with us. But how exciting that is to have a Monday Night Football yeah. playoff game, how great that's going to be Wild Card Weekend. Indeed. We'll get to your circuit play of the day. Dave, how are you? Good to see you. So um, Christmas didn't break well for the bar or restaurant service industry this year, right? Saturday for Christmas, Christmas Eve. Most business, I'm assuming, closed, what, 6 or 8 o'clock? That's a right. Friday, Saturday. That's pretty big. Yeah, it's like fifty percent of our business. With that little closer, week, yeah. There you go. You know, yeah. but uh, 
we were open till about four on Christmas Eve. One yeah. place was closed, and I'd rather just have the employees have a good time. But yeah. it's a lot better when it falls, you know, on a Wednesday or Thursday or something like what that. What will you do New Year's Eve, New Year's Day this year? I mean, all the football, I know you're going to be open, but, well, do people still go out on New Year's Eve? I know I'm old, and you know, it's been a long time. Well, I'd say people like us go out, but we yeah. go home a little earlier. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll have, you know, we got all the games going. We're usually pretty busy we stay open you know past one but uh you know people still go out but not as much at night you know and the playoff games are new year's Eve. right yeah right. got it started right. with cincinnati against alabama three thirty, and into the nightcap with georgia uh michigan. in michigan in that one so dave we talk about the chicken wings all the time but everyone knows about the wings right you tell somebody all right i'm not in the mood for wings and i'll call them crazy because they are the best but what else on the menu do you suggest? People come out to the coop and are not going to do wings. Where would you point them? I would point them to, I think we got some of the best burgers also. Yeah. Um, and my kids created a couple of them, so uh, those are always good. Our French dip is one of the best sellers we got. Uh, the steak and cheese Philly. Mm-hmm. Um Plenty of appetizers. I love our cheese curds, kind of because they're like the uh, kind of like the curds you get at the state fair. Yeah, so that's where I'd point them. We got pretty much everything. Yeah, yes. you really. I can't get past the wings. So I'm, <laughs> right? I'm not even gonna look. Uh, do you have an opinion? I know you like to dabble a little bit when it comes to these games. Do you like one more one game more than the others? Do you have a best bet in the in the remainder of the bowl season? Anything you like more? You gave us a winner the last when we were in Ankeny on a Thursday night. Right. You you gave us a winner. Condon Blue. You didn't. I'm on the Hawkeyes. You like them to be Kentucky? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like them to be Kentucky. Nobody else seems to, but I do. Um, I like Oklahoma tonight. Yeah, I do too. I know but you do too. Jeff. I do too. Yeah. But I'm no expert. As my balance would show you. <laughs> yeah. well, We've all been there in the past. You know, David, it's such a great location. Sports betting. You, you've dabbled for years. We've talked about it. Had some fun with it. Here at a sports bar, have you noticed to change the way that people watch games or are involved in games now with sports wagering being legalized? Or has it always kind of been part of a culture and it's just not that big of a difference compared to what it once was? I think I've actually seen a change. I remember back in the day, you kind of uh, hush-talked, you know, even the spreads because it wasn't legal. You know, now (laughs) we have people watching games. um, The live betting is a huge thing, so people can sit here, you know, watch multiple games and then get on their phones. (laughs) So you're seeing a lot more action, and people talk about out in the open more, so it's not a taboo anymore. The hush tones of the guy sitting at the end of the bar and... I think that guy's betting on the game. Well, right. we would when we would talk point spreads on the air back in the day. Right, people would call pissed off that we were mm-hmm. talking point spreads. You guys were the only ones. We were for, for sure. It was a big talker, and I was doing it in North Iowa, and I got my wrist slapped right away. Yeah, and absolutely. then, absolutely, yeah, the Register would publish them on Thursday, right? right. I think the <laughs> one and only time in the week they'd post the point spreads. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, good stuff. So, um, no change in the hours this weekend. No, nope. we got the we got the same hours. We're gonna make uh, we got cyclone bombs. We're gonna sell oh, for four dollars today. Yep. today, yeah, and three fifty tall boys, all locations. 
Well, I think awesome. you're going to have a good crowd. Apparently, they're expecting down here in West Des Moines. Ankeny always does well when Cyclones play, right? Oh, yeah. Ankeny's got a huge Cyclone following, so they'll be full. But and it's I think we're going to be busy. Yeah. yeah it's 445. Uh, I think you'll do some food and some maybe make up a little bit for uh, for the Christmas closing. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we we are really busy Sunday, so Good. I think it's going to carry on. Good Saturday, stuff. the Hawks are be in action. Of course, noon kickoff. So, what does that mean? What time you guys will get opened up and get ready for the game on Saturday with Iowa, Kentucky? I'll probably have the doors open by ten. Okay, that day at all three locations. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. We'll try to we'll try to get get things going early, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited, and uh, everybody's picking Kentucky, so I'm on the Hawks. We shall see. Good seeing you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks Dave. for being we'll see here. We'll you in here in a, a couple of weeks. I think Trent said middle of January yep. on that Monday night. So look forward. We'll see you in your Urbandale location. Okay. See you then. Thanks, Absolutely. guys. Gonna Thank take you. Some chicken wings home with us. See if they're, I'm assuming they're as good as they are in Ankeny. <laughs> but I'll let you know. Yes. Good seeing you. Uh, Trent, it's time for your play of the day. What are you going to do? So today I got two plays that I really like. I'm with Dave. I really like Oklahoma. Now, this is one we talk about price shopping. It's dabbled between six and a half and seven. I got it six and a half at Bet Rivers. I see other places that are at seven. Make sure you Stay get that six and a half. That's seven number. It, it's, it's, huge. it's a huge, huge key number there. So do some, some shopping around. That's what we talk about. Be it DraftKings, Circa, whoever you use, make sure that you find the right number because that's one uh, that is really important. And I'm playing the under in the Iowa State Clemson game. I, I just I can't envision a way where this game is a shootout in any way. Could you get there? Could a defensive or special teams touchdown throw that off? Absolutely, when you're talking about a lower number of 44.5. But I'm going to play the under in this game. I really like that one. And for a Bet Rivers contest, I also uh, play the same game parlay with that one. Are you? I throw in a bunch of those together, including Jirel Brock getting in the end zone for a touchdown. That's not bad. I don't know what I'm going to do in that contest. Uh, I, I think I'm going to play Oklahoma and tied up to Alabama every ticket I have if Alabama loses to Cincinnati I'm in deep deep water right because I think every ticket that I've bet in the, that contest I've included Alabama in a parlay I'm not going to touch the Iowa State Clemson game I just I think it's under I do yeah uh do you have a feel at all I mean, if you had to bet the Maryland Vatech game what would you do I, I think, think I'd take Maryland how about I, you that's where I am too Maryland Loxley looking for his first ever a bowl win with the program, Vatek going through a coaching change. It, they just seem like a mess. Maryland also usually seems like a mess, don't they? I just, yeah. but going with to his little brother, yeah. I guess that would be the route that I take. That number got up to five though. I didn't like it nearly at that number that I did at three. Uh, pick to click for Iowa State. Should they win, will be Jirel Brock. Jirel Brock coming Uncle. out party. You can't take Brock Purdy. Uncle Chase Allen. I think he has a big game. Jeez, Good seeing you. We shall see. Dave, thank you for having us. Thanks, Dave. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, 10 to noon. Uh, Murph and Andy at 1. The Fanatics at 3. We're Miller and Condon live at the Chicken Coop on 106.3.